Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Okay, hey, Jeff. Well, I'll just say it. You're not feeling well, so... Yeah, it was a busy, full weekend with a lot going on, and I think I just overextended myself, so I got kind of a head cold, but the the great part is this nice kind of resonance to my voice. I feel like I should be doing audiobooks right now. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I won't have to edit or tune your voice any any different way. Um so Jeff, why don't you give us a rundown from your sermon on Sunday, and then we'll kind of dive into a few questions that you've got for you. Yeah, so this is sort of uh, wrapping up the Saul story in Acts chapter 9 uh, that he was introduced a few chapters before, and he's like the example kind of of if this guy can get saved and have his life turned around, then anyone can, because he goes from a persecutor to a preacher of the gospel. And this is a, a Saul going back to Jerusalem, uh, to the community that he was a hated enemy of. Like, remember, he was persecuting these people, killing them, throwing them in prison. And now he goes back to Jerusalem. And of course, they initially are scared and mistrustful. Uh, but then Barnabas, uh, whom Luke had introduced a few chapters ago, steps in and vouches for Paul and says, no, he he really has met Jesus. He's seen Jesus and they accept him. And and then in typical Saul fashion, so he goes to the Grecian Jews or the Hellenists that he used to hang out with and he starts preaching Jesus to them and they get angry. So he's going back to the people that he used to try and kill to try and be a part of them. And then the people he used to be part of are now trying to kill him. But the the amazing transformation is not only in Saul, but in these believers in Jerusalem, because now they actually care for Saul and his life is in danger. So they get him out of town. And uh, then Luke has another visible summary statements about how the, the church had peace and it was growing and being strengthened in the Holy Spirit and walking in the fear of the Lord. And uh, so we talked a little bit about all the change and transformation that we see throughout this passage because people have seen Jesus. Uh, Saul has changed. Uh, This community in Jerusalem has changed. I mean, what would it take to go back to people you used to hunt down and kill and own that and apologize because you recognize you were totally wrong? And then for those people to be willing to say, okay, uh, if he really belongs to Jesus, then he's a brother and we care for him. And for Barnabas to be willing to step into the middle of that and uh, encourage reconciliation of the relationship. Uh, And then uh, Saul went from, you know, trying to stamp out Christianity to now identifying with the Christians and becoming a preacher of the gospel. So it's it's changed his perspective on the people around him and, and what his life is about. So it's just, it's this great summary kind of uh, uh, turnaround picture of Saul's life and the difference that meeting Jesus makes. Yes. Yeah. You said um, 
meeting Jesus changes your relationship with God, your relationship with other people and your relationship in the world. Yes. Um, yeah. So, well, when it comes to the church, you'd mentioned in your sermon, you know, not being able to really talk more about church membership and like, how do you know if someone's in or someone's out, you know, that kind of thing. And it comes up, we see this trouble. They don't know what to think about him yet. And it's verse 26. Um, did you want to say anything more? About- yeah, I mean, it, right. It kind of raises a question like, is Saul going back to sort of get their approval because he needs to like get a stamp certificate from them or something. And uh, later in Galatians, Paul says, no, that's, that's not why I went back. It was almost like one out of courtesy to the apostles, but like he's seen the risen Jesus and been commissioned by him. But it's, you know, respectful and appropriate, you know, if he's got this call to to go do, you know, preach the gospel to the Gentiles, that he needs to let the community in Jerusalem know about that and be praying for him and hopefully supporting him. And um, yeah, I think the, the response of the church in Jerusalem, the believers who are initially suspicious and mistrustful suggests like, no, we know who this Saul guy is, and he's definitely not on the inside. So uh, somehow, maybe the uh, story of all that he'd been doing in Damascus and Syria and Arabia hadn't gotten back, or maybe they just didn't believe it. And so there was something significant about them being able to identify each other as partners in ministry and brothers and sisters in Christ. But it, you don't really get a sense of like hierarchy. Um that because the most important membership is belonging to Jesus. Um, and, and on the one hand, no church is the authority over that, right? Like no church can, can say like you have or haven't had a genuine experience of Jesus, but it doesn't mean we can just make Jesus in our own image either. Like in a sense, it's good for Paul to go meet with these guys and, and for them to see, yeah, okay, he gets it. Like he really has seen Jesus and he knows Jesus. Um, so yeah, there's, there's an interesting, uh, interesting set of kind of in subtext going on there of, uh, how do they relate to each other and, and how do they know that the, this guy is one of us? Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So can you talk more about just the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation? Hmm. Yeah, that. The, the text really sets us up for that and doesn't give us any details. I mean, this is one of those places I said where uh, you just, you're like, Luke, come on. What, what did Saul say? How did they, what, I mean, what were these people saying? What were they thinking? What, what happened when they met? And he just doesn't focus on those details. Um, right. So yeah, that it, this is why it's great for cut for time because it's a whole, it could be a whole lengthy other discussion. We won't make it lengthy here. Um, forgiveness is something that we experience for ourselves from Christ. And because we have been forgiven, that empowers us and Jesus empowers us to forgive others, which essentially means we are releasing what we think is our right to judge, condemn, and punish them for what they've done. And uh, that forgiveness is, I mean, if any of us who've been really deeply hurt or wounded by someone, we know that that's not even an event that's a process because the memories will keep coming up or something will remind you and you have to keep going back and asking Jesus to help you forgive that person as you've been forgiven and pray for their good and, and bless them and do good to them. Reconciliation is 
also happening here because Saul is welcomed into this community. Um, and, and for reconciliation to really happen, that necessitates our honest confession of what we have done and taking responsibility for it. And ideally some expression of uh, the, the hurt that we've caused and not wanting to do that anymore. And, and the commitment that we're making to not cause more harm like we did in the first place. So Luke obviously doesn't go to into any of that, but I think that I think we just have to assume that's there. Like Saul has been so transformed. Like I, we, we can't even imagine him going back to these believers in Jerusalem and not saying anything about their history. Right. Like, because that's what Jesus does when there's real healing and reconciliation. Um, there, there's forgiveness and then ideally a restored relationship. So um, that's what we see here. And Luke doesn't go into the details, um, but it, it just, it, it, raises that question for us. And so I just want, you know, for those who heard the sermon, I, I think I maybe just even maybe mentioned forgiveness and reconciliation are not necessarily the same thing. Mm -hmm. God is not asking us to uh, have to continue to live under abuse and mistreatment. And, uh, you know, so I can forgive that person, but I uh, also, and then there's the whole issue of boundaries and what are appropriate boundaries around the relationship. And I, Maybe that's a whole other cut for time another time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard just forgiveness doesn't mean like full healing. So yes, mm. we can forgive without experiencing full healing. Like we can, we can forgive and still be hurt um, mm. because mm -hmm. I think, you know, um, this was maybe early on in marriage or with um, like premarital counseling when Nathan and I are preparing to be married and someone just shared with us, like, there will be so many times that you need to extend forgiveness to one another and you mm -hmm. are commanded to do that, but don't wait until you don't feel hurt anymore. Like mm -hmm. that, you don't know when that will come. And then once you do right. forgive one another to not have the expectation of, and there you go, you can't be hurt anymore. Like that's not fair either. Yeah, because there are situations where we can forgive each other, we can love each other, but it, you know, for, we just, we're still broken and we live, you know, our flesh still struggles against, you know, what Jesus is trying to do, you know, in a few chapters, Peter and, uh, not, I'm sorry, not Peter. in a few chapters, uh, Paul and Barnabas are going to have an argument about whether or not they can take John Mark with them on the next missionary journey. Cause he had a hard time and he didn't, you know, he turned around and went back home and, I mean, Paul and Barnabas right here, like they're, they're super close and, and you just get this picture of a wonderful close friendship. And yet something comes between them where they still love each other. And, uh, but they just, for various reasons, can't work together in that case, because they just have different values, a different vision. They're prioritizing things differently. And sometimes that happens in relationships. So uh, it's yeah, it's the, yeah, we could get into a whole long other discussion about um, steps in reconciliation and uh, what that looks like and how that happens. Do you have any resources on forgiveness and reconciliation that you'd recommend people could maybe look into? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I hadn't prepared anything, but one that comes to mind, kind of a, a classic, uh, is The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy, S-A-N-D-E. Uh, and, and he does a really good job of uh, talking about how we can uh, sort of like fall, fall off the ditch, fall into the ditch on either side in the sense of peace 
faking, which is, you know, like, we're just not going to talk about it. It's still buried beneath the surface. And I haven't really dealt with it. And we're not going to talk about it or, or peace taking, you know, more aggressive and hostile responses to difficulty. Um, yeah. Ken, Ken Sandy, the peacemaker is a good resource. All right, Jeff, any final thoughts? You said this was kind of like the last installment before we move on in this story of acts. Anything that you'd like to say to help wrap this up as we prepare to move forward? Mm. Wow. Yeah, I, I think this this picture that Luke gives at the end of chapter nine, the summary of the church, you know, it, it was they had peace, they were growing, uh, they were being instructed, comforted by the Holy Spirit, walking in the fear of the Lord. It's just, you know, this great encouraging picture. I don't think Luke is even saying there's no persecution anymore, but I think uh, he's just saying in the middle of conflict and persecution and suffering god brings this amazing transformation and reconciliation of with saul of all people and uh the gospel is going out and changing people's lives and also changing relationships within the church uh and and helping us become a kind of community that is really life-giving and built around peace and unity and uh forgiveness it's, you know it's just it's a beautiful picture of what jesus wants for us yeah. All right. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate your time always, especially now that you're sick. So thank you for taking time to do this. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.